This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. God is good, isn't he? And he actually wants us to live in joy. And he wants us also to live honest when we can say, hey, God, I need help. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, major problems or anything. But if you, if you ask God for help, he'll give it. Hallelujah. And it's a wonderful thing when we bear one another's burdens too. So I really encourage you uh, to be involved with that. Hallelujah. Are you happy? If you're not, the Lord understands and knows exactly how to help you. And that's the lovely thing about God. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to put your church face on. You can come and be real before him and know that he supplies all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Hallelujah. He provides for you everything you need to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy. For that is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You can get very real with him and say, Lord, this is where I am. This is how I'm feeling. But this is what I know. I thank you, Lord, that the just don't live by feelings. The just live by faith. Hallelujah. And I want to just encourage you. You're in a good place today. It's a wonderful thing. I love watching people that are going through really difficult things. Come along. Be in the meetings. Press in and trust God. And watch how God makes all things work together for their good and I just I celebrate you I honor you when you're feeling sad just want to be at home and watch pizza and and lose myself in some tv series I'm gonna watch 32 episodes of something so I don't have to think about my problems problem is when you get to the end of the 32 episodes problem's still there But I have great news that when you make wise choices and you are free to choose all the time. And God says, see, I set before you life and death. And then he tells you what to do. Choose life. Life is, is his word, his, his kingdom. It's, it's his glory and everything that he has promised to you. And he's given you tools. He knows how to help you. And so I want to encourage you. We have the choice to either be drawn about and moved about, tossed about by every emotion, every circumstance that might come our way. Or we can be rooted and grounded in the love of God that causes us to look to him as a faithful one. Love, uh, faith works by love. Hallelujah. You don't have to try to have faith. You just get to know the one who is love and faith is activated in your heart. Hallelujah. And therefore, he gives you faith. Everybody's been given a measure of faith. So... You don't even have to worry about not having enough faith. God has already given you a measure of faith. And the more you love him and you let him love you, the more your faith grows. He doesn't expect you to trust somebody you don't know. Hallelujah. It's very hard to put your faith in a philosophy or put your faith in someone else's faith. But it's very easy to put your faith in somebody that you personally know. 
in him I know, you know, we can, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. And you can trust in God only when you know him, when you have a relationship with him. And the more you get to know him, the more you, you can uh, know supernaturally with the eyes of your understanding enlightened by his spirit. You can know him in ever increasing ways. And the more you know him, the more you know the hope of your calling, the more you know that you are precious in his sight. You are the riches of his glorious inheritance in Christ. And that you'll know the greatness of the power toward you who believe by his precious power. Hallelujah. And, and God's delight is that we would choose to seek his face. We would choose to lift up our heads. I've been speaking for the last uh, several weeks about overcoming discouragement. And I, I started talking about Elijah after he had his great victory. And then Jezebel threatened to kill him and he just wanted to die. He was praying, Lord, I just want to die. And, and he was having this warped perspective saying, I'm the only one, woe is me, all by myself. <laughs> and you know, when you start to buy the lies of the enemy, your perspective gets warped. I was reading a psalm this morning in my prayer time, and a psalm by Asaph. And he was saying, you know, I started looking at the wicked and seeing how things seem to be going good for them. This is Catherine paraphrase of the psalm. And um, I nearly got trapped, he says. I nearly got drawn away thinking, well, why is it so good for them? And things seem to be going wrong for me. What's the point in following God? And then he had a realization. Ah, God reminded him about eternity and that, ah. Hey, I don't want to go where the wicked are going. I don't want to follow in that track because I know where that ends up. There's a way that seems right to men, but in the end, it leads to death. And then he just was like, thank you, God. I trust you. You are faithful. And, you know, we have the hope in him. We, As we look to him, we can remember, thank you, God. I choose you. I choose life because I know where else am I going to go? You alone have the words of life. Hallelujah. If we start listening to the lies of the enemy and getting our eyes onto circumstances, human reasoning starts kicking in. And we start thinking, well, what's the point of even trying? You know, I'm the only one left and I've done all this. And now just look what's happening to me. I'm having been chased by this Jezebel. And, the, you know, it just, it just got dramatic. It's like, no, okay, thank you very much for the food. You know, ravens bring me bread and stuff. Awesome. I still want to run. And so God gave him power to run as far as he wanted to go. And then finally, he's in, this, in, the, in the cave. <sighs> And the Lord says, come on out. I want to show you something. Comes out. And then there's fire and wind and amazing stuff, amazing display. And, and then he hears this still small voice of God. And he's still cranky. And, you know, we need to be careful that we don't allow our emotions to cause us to make bad decisions. We need to choose life. We need to recognize that we can't afford to have tantrums. 
He doesn't just take away your sin. He actually takes away your old life and your old nature. And he puts his new nature on the inside of you. And you become born again. And you don't have to do it over and over again. You've just got to believe that he's done it. Hallelujah. You've got to believe I've been born again. This is who I am. Hallelujah. And as you know who you are, you begin to behave in the way that you are created. Hallelujah. In the image of the, of the one true God. Hallelujah. And so we have a choice to make when we feel discouraged. We could... When we got the news about our Tom's car being stolen, we could have had a really bad day and been miserable about it for the rest of the day. But we've sort of come far enough, we've been married 25 years now, to know why would we let the devil rob us of our last day of holiday? No, we're going to have a lovely day. Hallelujah. We're going to rejoice. We're going to celebrate and we're going to thank God. We're just going to begin to be deliberate about our words. In fact, our whole family, we are just deliberately speaking hope and joy and anticipation of how God's going to make it all work for our good. Hallelujah. Because we have a choice and you can choose whether to be happy. Joy is a choice because it's your portion. It's your inheritance. You can, you can choose whether to get into misery and discouragement or you can choose life. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Well, I've got to thank you, God, I'm righteous. But thank you, too, that I have your peace that passes understanding. And, you know, you don't go, well, I don't feel it. You say, thank you, God, this is what your word says. I have peace that passes understanding because I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. I have the hope of the one who is faithful. And I'll remind myself of the promises. We read earlier at the beginning of the year, Isaiah 35, uh, which is an incredible word, I believe, for this year. And it actually says there, one of the ways to overcome discouragement is to remember the promises, to remind yourself up, to stir yourself up by remembering his promises. That's right. Even if I'm feeling discouraged, I'm going to deliberately remember his promises. So I've been encouraging people to, to journal, even if it's just taking five minutes a day to write down one promise or one scripture that speaks to you. Or a few things that you can give thanks for. It'll put you in remembrance of the promises of God. And as you build that into your life on a daily basis, when discouragement comes, you're not going to be at a deficit desperately trying to find peace. You're already in it. You're already in hope. You're already living in uh, remembrance of the promises of God. Hallelujah. And so we want to be people who run for the long haul, not short sprints. We want to build endurance by the power of God, recognizing that the kingdom of God is our daily choice to steward every day. We've been given so much, but unless we learn how to steward it and use it, then we can uh, stop and start and run and do great exploits and then fall and, and have, have a big mess. But if instead you are disciplining yourself daily, whether things are good or bad, to, even if it's taking five minutes a day, it's better than nothing. If you did five minutes every day, it would be better than doing three hours one day and nothing for three weeks. Because if you build it into your life, 
you'll begin to taste it and begin to enjoy it and you'll want more and more and more. Hallelujah. There's no condemnation for you. But if you would deliberately recognize, hey, I need to exercise the discipline of Christ in my life and daily remind myself of his promises, daily feed on the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. I've decided I'm going to do that negativity fast of Steve Backland. Um, Pastor Aaron did it last year. I saw such a transformation in your life over those uh, that time. He's, he does uh, ignitinghope.com. These guys are from Bethel, and they do a um, 40-day negativity fast for Lent starting in February. Negativity fast and positivity feast. And they send you little encouragements every day for those 40 days. You know, in 40 days, you can change a habit. So if you're interested, you can you can join me and, and we'll do, we've done this as a as a church before, not a not a Steve Backland one, but we've just done it ourselves. We we tr- we did a f- criticism fast a while back, didn't we, Pastor Joel? It was very fun. Hallelujah! People would say they'd start a conversation and we'd have to say, "I'm sorry, I can't talk about that right now because I'm on a criticism fast." But 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 yeah, sorry, maybe you know, in a month we could talk about that. And, you know, it, what it did, we did that several years ago, it, it shifted culture in our church. Because Aussie culture can be a little bit of a, a knocking culture where even your jokes can be critical and slanderous. But we don't want to be like that. That's not who we are. Hallelujah. We want to be people that choose life, choose joy, choose peace. Amen. So we, uh, we looked at the importance of remembering the promises and reminding ourselves of his goodness, of daily building it, just like my jogging. Hallelujah. Catherine, jogging, it's such a miracle. Hallelujah. But I, I, I discovered I, I'd try and jog. I, I was convinced I just don't run. I was convinced running was not for me because I would run 100 meters flat out and go, <gasps> Oh, how can anybody run? Oh, kilometer. This is ridiculous. Because I thought, you know, the faster you run, the quicker it'll get done. That the reality was when I started to really slow it down and go really slowly, a slow jog, I could go a lot further. And if I did it every day, as I have started to, to do, you know, consist, more consistently, I find I can go a bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. My fitness gets better. I'm still no marathon runner, but praise the Lord. It is pretty impressive. Hallelujah. Compared to where I was. (laughs) But it's a spiritual principle. The Bible talks about us running the race and we run like one who's going to get the prize. You actually need to pace yourself. You don't want to be burning out. You need to be pacing yourself deliberately. I look forward. I've got my little journal and my little books and, and, and my, my Bible and my pen. And I actually look forward in the morning to my time to, to journal with God. You know, I used to be a journaler who would journal prolifically, you know, during crisis. And then uh, nothing for a couple of years. But I've started to learn that even... With my, my life that's gotten so busy, I still need, even though I spend lots of time in prayer, on Fridays I like to have my time, and Sunday where I spend hours just with the Lord, which is wonderful. But I need 
discipline in my life to be regularly, daily, deliberately remembering the promises of God. So even if I just journal a little bit and then go and spend some time later in, in the day with the Lord, it's a, it's a discipline I'm putting into my life every day because I need his help, his endurance for the long haul. And so do you. Hallelujah. This is a little scripture I read um, while I was on holiday. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm reading from the message translation. <clears throat> it says, are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. I went, oh, yes, Lord, teach me how to have a real rest. Um, Dylan, Dylan is um, our executive pastor, but he also helps me as, as um, my personal assistant. And like last time I went on a holiday, he actually uh, politely insisted that he confiscate my devices because I was really not very good at taking a real rest. In fact, this time I, I got away without him um, doing them. And I got to our holiday and my phone died, would not be revived. The moment I arrived, dead, 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 dead. And uh, we got home yesterday, took it to Apple and they said, nah. and then Tom took it to some little place and they, they said, actually, this is what it needs. Dum, 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 bing, fixed. But... Um, the reality was I needed, God was like, mm -mm -mm. let me teach you how to take a real rest. And we need to learn his ways. We need to uh, ask him for help. And I was praying all the way through, teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, how to enter into real rest. You don't need a holiday to have a real rest. You can live in the rest of God. Hallelujah. Ah, in the place you just snuggle into him and say, Lord, I only want to do what you're doing. I want to want to see what you're seeing, say what you're saying, think what you're thinking. Lord, I want to line my life up with you. Amen. You know, I want to talk to you today about delay. Oftentimes, when we feel discouraged about something, we can look at a promise and go, well, it hasn't happened yet, so let's just give up. Let's find another way. And, you know, God's timing is perfect. His ways are wonderful. He is faithful. But we also need to understand that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We need to recognize, hey, you are faithful. I was thinking about Sarah and Abraham and the promise that they had. Hey, you're going to have a baby. In fact, you're not going to just have a baby. You're going to have multitudes of descendants that are going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And she was barren. And for years and years, God changed Abram's name to Abraham, father of many children, many nations. And month in, month out, month in, month out, she didn't conceive. And it went on and on and on until she went through menopause 
And then it went on and on. And they had this promise from God. And nothing was happening. So Sarah got to the point where she went, all right, I, you know, can't quite reconcile the promise of God and the reality. Let's be real here. I um, haven't conceived yet. So let's get real. Maybe God would like to do it through my servant. So she gave Hagar to Abraham and Ishmael was birthed. And that was big mess. Hallelujah. That, you know, but God makes all things work to good. But it was not the child of promise. God still blessed Ishmael, but God was saying, hey, I am faithful. I have made a promise and I who have purposed it will also do it. And then eventually when Sarah was 90 and Abraham was 99, the Lord had come through. He'd sent his angels and said, this time next year, she's going to have a baby. And Sarah laughed. She's like, you're right. And then she felt convicted when they said, why'd you laugh? Well, I didn't laugh. But the Lord was reminding her, hey, I have a perfect time and I have a promise and I will do it. And it, you read the book of Hebrews now. It says, by faith, Sarah conceived. Woohoo. She must have come to the place where after she'd had her, like, uh, I didn't laugh. Um, she was at the place, well, okay, well, maybe this is real. All right. Thank you, God. And she conceived. And they had a baby. Israel, um, Isaac. Isaac. Yes. Abraham's Isaac. And who became the father of many nations. And God was faithful. But you see, in our delay, in our trying to figure out why something isn't happening, we can get involved and try and make it happen. We can try and figure it out and reason why it might not be happening. But God is looking for us not to look to our own abilities, but to his ability. I don't know why he waited so long, but I tell you what, he had a perfect time. And he was glorified. Now we tell the story of 90-year-old Sarah giving birth to a baby. And we, we say, wow, look what God did. God gets glory in doing what is impossible. Hallelujah. He is God of the impossible. You know, but sometimes if we're not careful, we can get ahead of God. I want to share with you a little story from 2 Samuel chapter 18. And this is after... Um, David's son Absalom had just been defeated and killed. It says here in verse 19 that Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run now and take the news to the king, how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said to him, You shall not take the news today, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, go tell the king what you've seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. So there's this young man who was all excited about the fact that they'd just had a victory and he wanted to be the one that was the runner to go. They didn't have phones and email in those days. So they had to send a runner. 
And this guy was young and talented. He was a good runner. He's like, let me go. Job goes, mm, not today. I'm going to send this more experienced runner because this is a very serious message that needs to be handled carefully. I'm going to send him. And uh, look what happens. And Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, but whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. So Joab said, why will you run, my son, since you have, no new, you have no news ready? And he says, but whatever happens, he said, let me run. So he said to him, run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate to the wall, lifted his eyes and looked. And there was a man running alone. Then the watchman cried out and told the king, and the king said, If he's alone, there's news in his mouth. And he came rapidly and drew near. Then the watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, There's another man running alone. And the king said, Well, he also brings news. So the watchman said, I think the running of the first is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He's a good man and comes with good news. So Ahimaaz, this is the young man, called out and said to the king, all is well. Then he bowed down with his face to the earth before the king and said, blessed be the Lord your God who delivered up the men who raised their hand against the Lord my king. The king said, is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimaaz answered, uh, when Joab sent the king's servant and me your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I, I don't know what it was about. And the king said, turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. Just then the Cushite came and the Cushite said, There's good news, my lord, the king, for the Lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? So the Cushite answered, May the enemies of thy lord, the king, and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man. It's an unusual story, but I believe that the Lord wants to speak to us through it. There's this young guy and he was known to be a good guy. He was known to be a fast runner, but he, it was not his time to run. And the commander was saying, hey, look, not today. You can run another day, but not today. We need somebody with a little more experience today. I'm going to send this guy today. And, you know, sometimes when you get overlooked, when you know you have gifts, you know you have potential, you know you could do it, and you get overlooked, you can get really discouraged. I remember being in a worship team, and um, I, I, I loved to, to prophesy. And every week, they'd get this one person up to prophesy with the leader over the music team. And every week, I was hoping, oh, have they picked me because I'd love to prophesy. And every week, they didn't pick me. And every week, I'd feel a little bit, oh, why don't they pick me? I have a gift. Why don't they use my gift? But you know what? It wasn't my time. You think, oh, well, hey, how come? It could've, I could have given a good word. I could have. It would have been a God word. It would have been a good word. There's a genuine gift. The gifts and callings are without repentance. But I tell you what, God's ways are better than our ways. God was still working and doing some stuff in me. Hallelujah. I still needed a lot of revelation. God was very good to me. Last week, I showed how... Um, declarations that we make are so important. The words that we speak are so important. And we were talking about the game that I play, about making declarations, uh, calling those things that be not as though they are. 
And over the years, when I went through a really difficult time, I just began to deliberately take control of conversations before they even began and could go to how's things in that bad situation. Instead of having to go there with that conversation, I'd say, let's play a game. And we'd go around the circle and just make declarations about those things that be not as though they are. And I'd make all sorts of declarations like, people get out of wheelchairs in my meetings. Or these different diseases get healed uh, when I pray for them. Or, you know, all sorts of different declarations. And we'd go around the circle and it would be wonderful. And, uh, you know, actually, Sarah, come on up here. Pastor Joel, you can come too. Just to remind you, in case you weren't here, it's a very healthy thing to do. And anyway, one of these declarations that I I would make was, I'm going to preach at this particular church. And 15 years ago, I saw this place and the Lord said, in my spirit, you're going to preach there. So I just began to declare, agree with God. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to preach there. Uh, you know, I make all sorts of declarations. When people give me prophetic words, I speak it out. Whatever the Lord has told me, I declare it. And I tell you what, it happens over and over and over again. When I first saw Sid Roth, well, when I walked past one day seeing Sid Roth on television, I said to the, I just, it rose up in me. The Lord spoke to me, says, you're going to be on that show. So I turned around to my kids and I said, I'm going to be on that show. And I'd start making declarations. And, and sure enough, the invocation, invitation came and be on it for the third time in February. Hallelujah. But um, I began declaring over this one church. Thank you, Lord, that you said um, you're going to open the doors for me there. Well, 15 years later, this week, hallelujah, I got an invitation from that place. Hallelujah. But maybe if 15 years ago I'd been given that invitation, I might have really blown it. Not because I didn't have a gift, but because I didn't necessarily have the experience and the wisdom that I have now. Hallelujah. God's ways are better than our ways, and he is faithful. So anyway, we're going to just play the game. They all know how to play my game. People get out of wheelchairs just in the presence of God in our meetings. Hallelujah. I prophesy to prime ministers, presidents, and kings, and they have me on speed dial. I pray for people in my dreams. We see, I see hospitals emptied out, whole floors emptied out. Hallelujah. Blind people get their sight without even hands being laid on them as they watch live stream. When I preach, entire villages are saved in a day. The media are coming in to, to witness this incredible last day move of God. More people come to Christ every single week through this church. Hallelujah. All of my family members and extended family are wonderfully blessed and radically love Jesus. We have hundreds of churches all over the world that are exploding and, and people aren't able to fit inside the walls because there's so much revival. Hallelujah. All of our people are radically in love with God and are soul winners. Hallelujah. Our children from the kids' ministry are sought after ministers and love souls into the kingdom wherever they go. 
We are seeing a company, a generation that are getting saved, baptized, and as they're coming up out of the water, that they're living experientially free from fear, offense, sin, and sickness. Our school, our glorious supernatural school, is known worldwide for the transformation that happens, and they come from all the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. Our prayer meetings have so much power and authority that we shift things in cities, governments, and nations. Come to Tuesday night. Amen. Amen. Raising the dead is a weekly occurrence. <laughs> See, this is a whole lot more fun than talking about your problems. Mm. So, like, I'm not really a morning person, and I'd get up in the morning, you know, traveling, and I was going through a hard time, and someone would say, how's it going? And I'd go, <sighs> so I was like, nah, done with that. Let's play the game. And, you know, you can call it whatever you like. Um, Pastor Clark would call it building in the spirit. You know, I call it playing my game because it's, it's just fun. Hallelujah. Well, give them a hand. Well done. All of, all of my interns, everyone that I've mentored, they all know about playing the game. And I encourage you to go round and round the circle in your family because it is such a powerful way to get your thinking and your speech lining up with the power of God, with the truth of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And I have to keep coming up with new stuff to say because it keeps coming to pass. Hallelujah. I am, um, yeah, you, you'd be surprised what I say and what happens. Hallelujah. And so I want to challenge you and encourage you with that. But looking at this story, this young guy, you know, he's enthusiastic. He wants to run. But when he gets there, he just doesn't have the, the experience or the fullness of the detail. He doesn't understand everything that needs to be for that particular circumstance. And sometimes if we are not careful, we can blow an opportunity simply because that, that is going to be given to us simply by forcing it too early. I've learned over the years the power of coming under authority. Now, I, I'm apostolically aligned with Pastor Che and also with Leif Hetland. I've, I'm I, uh, aligned with them. And they speak into my life. Cindy Jacobs and Stacey Campbell also speak into my life specifically. And I've learned that when you come under authority, you have authority. Hallelujah. And in the same way, you know, people get so nervous about authority. But when somebody says um, in authority says not now, you have a choice at that point to either run away and go, I'm not appreciated here. Or to humble yourself and say, thank you, God. You're the one that gives the gifts and the gifts make way for us. Hallelujah. You can go to war with the word. Hallelujah. Now, it's like I don't have to worry about not being asked to prophesy. In fact, I have to put notes up. I, I actually don't give prophetic words over the Internet. Hallelujah. Because I can't. It's just too many, too much. But, you know, God knows he is faithful. Hallelujah. We have to be uh, careful to understand his goodness. And we've got to know and understand the timing of God. Amen. So he runs and then he's got nothing to say and he's told to stand aside. You know what? 
if you start getting so ambitious to see it come to pass, I encourage dreaming, as you might have seen. My team, we are good dreamers, and I encourage them. The higher they fly, the higher we all fly. I want them to dream big. If someone comes to me uh, and wanting mentoring, one of the first questions I always ask is, what do you dream about? Because I want to activate them to start thinking the themes, the things of God, the dreams of God. You've got it. If you're not dreaming the dreams of God, then you're not dreaming big enough. Hallelujah. And, and God loves that. There's a difference between Holy Ghost confidence and um, putting trust in your own strength and your own ability. If you'll trust God, then you won't be offended when someone says, not today. I've had some people, they get really cranky with me because I don't let them prophesy every week. And it's like, it's not because I don't love you and not because I don't think that the gift is, is awesome. It's just that I've got some really significant prophets in the house. And if I let everybody, everybody here can prophesy pretty much because it's a prophetic house. And we've trained a whole, whole bunch of people. You've all got amazing gifts. But if I let everybody have the microphone in the meeting then I'd miss out on the words from Pastor James or Lana and uh, Sarah and different ones that, that have a specific mandate to speak in the house. Now, I still like to hear the stuff. Bring it to me. Write it down. I love it. And you know, when, I, when we get the opportunity, I share it. But can you understand that there has to be, there has to be divine order? Hallelujah. I love the prophetic and I want people to be free in our communion groups. I encourage you to be prophesying over each other. And, and uh, we do it, though, in a safe environment where people can uh, feel safe, where it's lined up with the word of God. You've got people who can witness and, and hear what the Lord's saying and amen it. And we encourage everybody to be moving in the gifts, especially out on the street. Hallelujah. Moving in words of knowledge and prophesy. Don't. There's no cap and there is no limit. Hallelujah. But we also need to be aware on the timing of God. What's your timing? What's your will? Hallelujah. And when the Lord says speak, you speak. And when the Lord says not today, it's not today. Hallelujah. He is faithful. I've had times, I remember once um, where I, you know, there's been, been times over the years where I felt to do something. And Tom said, nah, don't feel like that's the right thing to do. I'd be like, oh, seriously, this is a very good opportunity. I need to go. And, and he'd be like, no, I just don't think so. And I, but I've learned that he's been given a grace to protect me. You know, I'm not into control and, you know, he's over me or whatever. But I believe in mutual submission. And I also believe that if he says no, that there is a grace, hallelujah, that God gives me. Sometimes he said no to something that I know is God. I just know it's God and I know. So I've taken it to the prayer room. And rather than argue with him, I go before God. I go, God, sort him out. Talk to him. You need to talk to him, Jesus. And then he's come back and said, hey, God just spoke to me. I really think you should do this. I'll be like, oh, really? <laughs> That's happened about once or twice. But there's been other times where he said no, and I thought, no, hello, I really want to go. And then I found out a few weeks later, ooh, really glad I didn't go. That would have been a really bad situation. <laughs> Because he was given a grace to protect me. Hallelujah. 
And it doesn't matter. Even if he says no to something that I think is a yes, is God limited by that? Of course not. He's my God. He is faithful. And if he wants something to happen, I have an advocate in heaven. Hallelujah. I believe in submission to authority. And if you get angry about that, sorry. It's just the way it works in the Bible. Hallelujah. I haven't got enough time to control you all. I am not interested in doing that. You know, I'm not interested in a culture where you have to ask permission to, you know, go and do something. Like, seriously, use your God-given initiative. I don't have time to dream for you all. Seriously, just do what you need to do and glorify God. And But, you know, at the same time, when you walk in honor toward one another, it works beautifully. Hallelujah. You know, I encourage our people to dream and come up with initiatives. They come up with stuff that I'd never think of. But then they, when they bring it to me and go, hey, I think that we should do this, I'll be like, awesome, run, go do it. Or sometimes they come and I think we should do this, and I'll go, I just don't think so right now. And then we'll discover that's because God's about to give us something else that I really need you to, to, to do. And then at the right time, there'll be, there'll be this. And God's ways are wonderful. Hallelujah. I'm being mama in the house and that's just the way it is. Shabbat. Because I believe God has got good things for you. Hallelujah. Delay doesn't mean no. If, you're, if you've got a promise in your heart that you believe is from God and it hasn't happened yet, not time to go and make something else up and try and figure it out and make it happen. It's time to get before him and say, thank you, Jesus. This is going to be wonderful. I trust you. Start to line your words up with the truth. Start to declare the things that he says. Hallelujah. God put it in my heart years and years ago that we were going to be having a television ministry. I didn't even have a church. But I began declaring it. I wrote it down and I declare it every day. I have a faithful, loyal team who love to work for the ministry. And I'm on television preaching the gospel of God all over the world. It's in my declarations from 15 years ago. Hallelujah. Now, God's unfolding it. Hallelujah. He is so faithful. But if you will be willing to look long term and say, Lord, I thank you that you are faithful, you are true. You might be surprised how God is going to accelerate you far quicker than you could have ever imagined. Hallelujah. He is faithful and he is true and he wants you to agree with him. Come into agreement. You can cooperate with God. Prophecy is not necessarily an inevitability. So such you get a prophetic word, you still have a uh, responsibility to war with it, to, to wage war with the prophetic word spoken over you. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 1.18. Thank you, Lord, you said. Thank you, Lord, you said. Thank you, Lord, you said. I love Tracy Armstrong last week when he was talking about you just keep jabbing. Just keep jabbing that sword. And then as the enemy starts to run, God starts hurling the hailstones. Hallelujah. I thought that's awesome. But you get to deliberately come before the Lord and say, thank you, Father. You said, I thank you, Lord. I trust you. Or you can sit back and go, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
And that can actually be something that you miss out on what God's got for you. Prophecy is a divine invitation. So when God gives you a prophetic word, it's an invitation for you to go, yes, thank you, Lord, and just start declaring it. Start seeing it happen. Start building it in the spirit by declaring it, by seeing it, by getting excited about it before it's even happened. Hallelujah. Is there something in your life that you need breakthrough in? Is there a promise in your heart that God's put in there that you haven't yet seen come to pass? Then God's invitation to you is waiting for you to lay hold of and say, thank you, Father. Not going, if you feel like I'm supposed to be married and and I'm going to have children and it hasn't happened yet, you don't go and find somebody and say, hey, I've got a prophetic word that I'm supposed to be married. You should marry me. Because that's not really how it's supposed to work. Hallelujah. But you can take it to the Lord and say, Lord, you said. So, Father, I thank you, Lord. You said, you said the lonely in families. Thank you, Lord. Your promise to me. This is what you say. Begin to declare the word of God. Begin to get excited about it. Begin to thank him for it. Begin to see it in the spirit. Hallelujah. Whatever the promise is, God's invitation to you is waiting for you to respond to. Hallelujah. Whatever it is that you're longing to see, rather than looking at it and going, I don't understand why it's not working, trying to figure out, I don't understand why, God, why, when, God, when, how, God, how. You need to stop all of that and go, oh, it's going to look good. Thank you, Jesus. You're faithful. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You are faithful. Hallelujah. I trust you because this is what you say. I remind you of your word. Hallelujah. I pick up the sword of the spirit. I wage war with the prophetic word that says you are faithful. You who have promised it, you will also do it. Hallelujah. I've done that for years and I've seen God bring it to pass over and over again. But he waits for us. Hallelujah. Tonight, I want to pray for people um, just as we close. But before I do that, I want to ask you, if you're here tonight and you know in your heart you haven't got a relationship with God, he so longs to walk and talk with you. Jesus came and he laid down his life so that you could be made brand new on the inside. Hallelujah. He laid down his life so your sin could be taken away and that you could be given a brand new life. But it requires, again, your response. You can choose life or you can choose death. Death is your own way. Or you can say, Lord, I choose to surrender my life and receive your grace. Hallelujah. Today, if you're here and you know in your heart you're not walking with the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to say, I want to surrender to the Lord. I want to get my life right with God. I want to receive his salvation. I want to receive his mercy. I want to receive his forgiveness. If that's you today, would you give me a wave? I want to pray for you before we go any further. Is there anybody here that says, I want to respond to the mercy of God? I want to give my life to Christ and be made new on the inside today. Is there anybody here today? I want to pray for you. Just wave your hand at me. Hallelujah. Yes, God bless you. That's beautiful. Anybody else that says, yeah, that's me. I want to surrender today. Today I want to respond to the mercy of God and receive his salvation. Is there anybody else that says, yes, that's me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Can you come, darling? I want to pray for you. You come. Give her a hand as she comes. Hey. Hello. What's your name? Why don't you reach your hands out right now? 
and just pray. Why don't you pray this after me? Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to die in my place. Right now, I acknowledge that I need your forgiveness. And I believe that you give it to me. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your grace on this one. Father, I thank you, Lord, that why don't you reach your hands out and just pray right now. Lord, that you come in. I thank you for the blood of the Lamb, Lord, that takes away Father her sin. Lord, I thank you that she made made new in the name of Jesus by your grace. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Lord, touch her, Father, I ask in Jesus' name. Make her new on the inside by your power. Let her experience your great love in ever-increasing ways. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.